25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast. Brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. And today... We are um, re- reviewing something a little bit different. Uh, it's not like a standard, typical source book with a bunch of stats and all that stuff in it, right? You got it. Uh, this is actually an interesting addition uh, to the book of Nod. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we're reviewing is we're reviewing a book called The Air Seas Fragments. And uh, this is one of those books that's like uh, it's, it's meant to be a sort of real world in-game um, like a like a prop, basically, right? Like the For, Book of Nut. Exactly, exactly. And what's cool about it is, in here you got commentary. Now, what I mean by that is, this book is written with an interesting excerpt of how this this monk, who's supposed to be the author, right? Um, it's one Nicolo something. Nicolo uh, Giovanni, or Nic- you know, Nic- that's Nic- a, that's his last name, basically. Nicolo Giovanni, uh, because <laughs> Giovanni is not indicative of a clan; it is a last name. So it's as they'd said, he's a monk that ends up hunting down uh, this fragment. And he does so in a, in a colorful tale in the beginning of dark and, and gloominess that you can read all about because that's really not the story, right? No. The story of this book comes to the fact that this is allegedly an excerpt written by Cain himself mm-hmm. uh, to the Book of Nod. This is allegedly what the Dark Father sat down and started penning up and saying how it went. And that's, that's, that's the book. I mean, that's, that's However, I, I do want to I do want to state for the record that I found that opening um, excerpt, the diary from this uh, this ghoul who went and found this journal. I, that to me was very compelling. Like it was very interesting. It basically hooked me in right away. So I, I really want to give credit to it. I'll let you read it. Like obviously, everybody's gonna have a different tale, but I was very curious as to what was happening. And what ended up to good old Niccolo. And I will state that I applaud you for that. This is just showing our very differences. I read that. I was very bored uh, <laughs> with, the, with the beginning of it. It was the complete opposite. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> and and I can tell you why, though. Whenever I read something that's like a dated journal mm-hmm. and I start reading it, it's too, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't like, like when you write a diary, if you were to write a diary, you lived it, you know what's in it. Therefore, right. you're not trying to write every detail right. that's in it. You lived it. It's a diary for you. I appreciate that realism added to it, but this is telling a story that looks like a diary. Right. right? And so right. I, I get that. He was painting what occurred as it occurred, and that's and it, and it works. But for me, yeah. that's why old Bobby was falling asleep. Right. You, did, you, like, you ah, wanted to get to right. the meat and potatoes, it sounds like. But right. but I think I think the detail nature of it was done really well because it was meant to be a journal written by a ghoul sent to their vampiric master. So right. there it, is a lot of detail in it, but yeah, because yeah, you get bored. <laughs> they do. And also got to remember, I'm, I'm a horror buff, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. what I do when I start. Whenever I read something and it's trying to paint on me the imagery of being horrified, I actually am upset with me. Yeah. Because once upon a time, I would have read that and been over the moon. Would have been crowing about it, how you know the perceptions of fear and the sounds and the sights and that cool part where the shadow reaches out and pushes a piece of paper to his chest and how his heart mm-hmm. and adrenaline and he's oh he's gonna uh. but I've seen the Annabelle series, <laughs> Fair you enough. know what I mean? It's right. like ah uh, all right. So 
no fault on the author at all. I will agree with you. It's well written. I just know that for me, it was, I wish I was 10 years younger with not as much horror under me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, so uh, let's get into some of the chapters a little bit. Um, the first one is Genesis. And this is, uh, th- this starts out, I think, in a very similar manner to the Book of Nod, right? It, similar, but but not, right? Right, because it's from a Nod- different perspective. The perspective's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. you sit here and off the bat, you learn about Cain's father. Right. Right. It's it's never the focus is on who, who birthed them or who made them. It's always on him. Right. Right. A very self-centered book of not. This is penned by him, allegedly. And mm-hmm. his first thoughts are of his parents. I thought that was cool. Right. right? And when you when you read about it, like, I don't know. It, it got to me that there is uh, what what did you think his take on his, his dad was? Um... This would be Adam. Right, right. So so um it's interesting um his take on it. Um and um like my opinion was Cain I think that the the author, Cain, in this case, tries to paint himself in a way that makes him seem like, hey, I've been wronged here and none of this is my fault. And um <laughs> and and you know I just wasn't given the opportunity and you know how, how how am I to blame for any of this and the only logical choice that I had was to murder my brother and the interesting thing I thought about this chapter and it's it's mentioned by the commentators is that um often father can be interchangeable with God so it's as if He's simultaneously talking about his father, Adam, and his father, God. And that, like, interesting little interplay, I, I thought was was pretty interesting. Well, the excerpt you're talking about here, that, that actually pissed me off uh, when I was reading this. It did. I, I had to read it twice mm-hmm. in terms of go through it because it's like you're reading something and someone has to talk to you right. in the middle of you reading it. That's how it's written. Yeah. And I would choke the shit out of you. If I were trying to concentrate and read something and someone goes, oh. like, like, this is how it's written. This is the tale of Cain's father, firstborn child of God, yeah. made in his image, distinctly talking about Adam. Right. And then someone jumps in, child of God, right. not merely his creation, which would make Cain's own blah, 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 child of prestige, indeed. Family implies responsibility. Yeah. And then it goes right back to the, I was like, can you three get the fuck out of here? Yeah. So, so that's a good point that you make, because I remember when I first started reading this chapter, the, the, um, the banter, the dialogue of the commentators written in the margins, the first couple of pages, like the first half of this first chapter, it, it gets a little tiresome actually. And it's like, it's too much where like, like probably, you know, five pages into it, I was just like, I'm just not going to read their commentary anymore because I can't keep up with the story that's being told. And it seems like after that first like couple of pages, it kind of mellows out a little bit. It kind of gets to where it's not an overwhelming to the story. It never mellowed. Not, not to me. I did did not see it ever mellow because what it is, is what it is, is that there's sometimes into it, sometimes chastising it, sometimes reviewing it. Right. And, it. and it depends what angle they go at it. But what it is here is that it's the genius of the author. What they're doing is, the book of not, I feel, was a thing that was awesome. Everybody's over the moon and loved it. But people had that book and treated it as irrevocable testimony right. of what happened. And it is not what the book was intended to be. That's why in it, it says it's a prop. When you read it, look it up, it's, it's intended to be an in-game prop. As if right. someone found this, and here it is, but there's multiple copies. 
So odds are, if it was written in the hands of mankind, it's false. Right. Okay. Let's just put that on the table. It's Cain or God or whatever, but you know, that's, that's what it is. And you really didn't get that impression from it here. Deliberately. They're putting this in here to break your mind up. Right. Right. I know that's what the author does before you go running and telling the gospel, little Bob, who's happy about it. <laughs> no, no. There are people with some pretty scholarly deep backgrounds, variant of perceptions are thrown in here to kind of spice it up. Right. And there, that tiresome. There seems to be, it, 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 there seems to be some consistency though, that Kane actually did write this. There, there, there seems to be like some minor scuttlebutt where they're like, well, we're assuming Kane wrote it, but for the most part, the commentators are kind of on board with, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Kane wrote it. You know, it's, it's, and it's definitely from his perspective. It's definitely told from the perspective of someone who is meant to be seen as kind of like the victim, you know, the, the, the person who, you know, it's not my fault. You know, I'm not the one that's bad. I, and that's Nate's opinion. I don't have that opinion at all. When I, when I read this, <laughs> fair, fair Cause, when, cause when, when Kane, when Kane looked at this, like mm-hmm. when Kane, when, when you're writing and reading about this, he doesn't start with himself. Mm-hmm. That's not where this begins. This shows that the, he's introspective, right? Mm-hmm. He's thinking about how he got here, mm-hmm. right? And and in this, or whoever authored this, and, and in this, it's, it's pretty refreshing, right? Because he doesn't decry his father, Adam. He doesn't say anything bad about him or his mother, mm-hmm. right? He starts off saying that God, he was Adam was was his deific. Mm-hmm. He was created firstborn thing by God that was human, and placed upon here the utter blueprint. Of right. what man was supposed to be. He had the Lord's sanctity, his own purity. Right. And when he showed that he had the Lord's spirit as well, he hungered for the knowledge, mm-hmm. which which was his birthright, and then he was banished from Eden forever for it. Now, as the authors point out, Cain doesn't want to admit his father did anything wrong. Right. Right. What this is, is a guy writing, he's still angry at God. Yeah, right, right. And th- that's what I mean by that. Like, it's not it's not Adam's fault. It's not his fault. It's God's fault. It's it's a, an issue of God putting them in a position where they had no other choice. That That's which, what it, that's what it reads to me. Which, if you read this, the book of Nod, the Bible, you're right. <laughs> right. right? That's exactly, it's the truth. Why yeah. did you put us here, knowing what we were going to do? You put an apple where Eve can find it, and there's a snake in a garden. You knew it was in the garden. You put it there. Right. So what is what are you trying to say? You meant to do this all, but wait a minute, you're going to punish me? Nah, Jack, I'm I'm not here to to deal with you. Not, but yet he knew, right? That's what this whole article hubbub is. Is that and and you see the transformation later on. I won't get ahead, but keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Like he starts from a place where it's like, well, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll keep it here. I'm not Kane. I don't know what he thought of, but the way I took it, I, the way I took it was a guy like if I, I often read from this perspective, if, if this is supposed to be Kane who wrote this, then I am Kane reading this. Okay. I try, I try to get in that mindset, right? Try sure. to act that out. Cause what does right. that feel? What am I drawing from this? Right. And when I get from this, a person who was wronged by like a company that dad worked for, right? That, that, you know, I get great. He's a CEO. Great. I get to start as an, an executive and I'm in here, but I'm like the first one and he's expecting great things from me and my brother. And my brother's doing great. And then along comes a challenge and we both take on the challenge. And for whatever reason, the board intervenes and just sweeps my dad and my mom aside. And they step in and start shitting on me. Right. They tell me to do this. I do what I can. They said become the best. I outstripped my brother, screwed him in a deal that cost him his life. And that's, you know, I should be punished for it. That's what they say. I should have it happen. And there's contention here, right? Because when you start getting to that frustrating point, 
that he's trying to make. It's before he knew about murder, it was called sacrifice. Right. That's the important thing. Well, it was, it Sac- was sacrifice when it was anything but a human. Well, why is that? Right? <laughs> yeah. See that's, how that goes? There's no good, there's no good response here. <clears throat> right. When you, when you tell me that my, so let's, let's, let's get to the meat of the matter. Cause that's mm-hmm. what, what Kane says, especially right. Right. And that's okay. Um, I'm a farmer. This is, this is, you knew what I did. Right. From my food, everybody eats, including the animals. And from those domesticated animals, my brother has healthy stock treated well. And from those, the best of them, he offers you sacrifice. And in the blood, you're happy. Right. But why is it my plants weren't good enough? That's the thing. That's the rub of the whole deal. Right. And it's, why? you know, it has to do with the fact that uh, things that come from the ground are, you know, are inferior, are, uh, uh, no, there's nothing valuable about them in the eyes of God, apparently, you know, according well, to. Because the, they were made of the ashes. Right. Right. From the ashes, you made this stuff and you're sacrificing to me stuff that was made to be ash. Right. Therefore, I don't feel it. However, to something that is thriving, living with the very blood in its veins, that could sacrifice to me. I then recognize the sweetness of it. Right. Because then it's of worth exactly what you said, Nate. You I mean, you're not wrong in that. But what I'm saying is they're going for religious feel, right? which is important. That, that feeling of sacred, hence sacrifice, right? right? So that's why Abel, was, Abel wasn't killing things. He was sacrificing and making it okay. And that's the, that's the difference. When Cain sacrifices, <laughs> it's, it's murder, right? right? Because the emotion is different. Right. Like how can Be- you take what you love – Right. And murder. Right? right. That was the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, that's that's kind of the tale of, uh, of how, you know, he gets he gets banished. And and I think it's uh, it's interesting that we we kind of like we get a reinstatement of what, you know, kind of like mentions in the book of Nod. Cain was banished by God. Right. That's that's. The, 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 he's not cursed at this point. That's something that they establish in this book, that the banishment is not the curse. It's not, they, they say, well, he's not, he's not a vampire at this point. He's not learning, you know, how to create others of his kind or harness the power of his blood. The sun isn't hurting him. He's just banished. His act was enough to banish him to the land of not to, you know, to wherever out of where all the humans are. You got to leave far off and go somewhere else. And it's right when he leaves and he's banished, he encounters Lilith. And we, we have to establish some points here, which mm-hmm. you won't get from the book of not that this reveals. Number one, you do get a take of God, a stronger one. God here, though, is it might as well be he's Zeus in all but name. It's very much Greek contrived. Um, how do I how do you justify it? Well, he's emotional and wrathful, right? Right. Which are traits of an imperfect being. He is omnipotent and omniscient. His emotions aren't relevant. They're, they, do, they don't have them. Right. right? It's definitely, like uh, yeah, definitely a, um, like a bit of a petty creature. <laughs> right. And because of that, it's, it's very weird, right? Because when Cain talks about it, super petty right off the bat. And, you know, and what he did and why he did it. And uh, that's, that's okay. Interesting. The other thing is, is that when God made these first, these blueprints, these templates, Adam... Eve, they were they were super powerful, 
right? That's what they leave you to believe. They were beings of a different like. We, we don't know what they were, which means Cain is human, eh? Right? Descendants right, of right, it. Right. And uh, they say he, mortal is what I like to say. He was mortal. Human? Question mark? Right. It's it's an interesting thing. Well, the, the, and the, the mortals in that time, they they also kind of like touch on this a little bit in this chapter and some of the other chapters that like time and the passage of it is very difficult to understand because there are, um, you know, just vast swaths of time where they go, you know, and then the children of so-and-so rise up and the children of so-and-so. And it's, it's very difficult to say like, how old are these people? You know, and uh, like, I've always heard like the, the math of the Bible, you know, like so-and-so was 800 years old and so-and-so was such and such years old. And yeah. So like human back then and human now definitely aren't the same thing there. Right. And, they, and, they, and there's a reason for that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just slip it because we may skip over it. But when they talk about the flood, right, which is a huge pivotal point in this, but the flood in and of itself is an epic event. It takes care of all those super mortals, as we'll call it. Um, there were they human, right? That's that's the question. Were they demi human? You know, who knows? But they read unto like demi gods, the lot of them, right? Because also back then, this is according to Cain's penmanship here. Um, there was no generational gap. You were either a vampire or you were not. And it was that simple. Meaning everyone is of the first gen. Every, everyone was on Cain's level. Everyone who got the blood. What is the difference? The difference is that God, he did one thing that extended Cain's life. Right? Right when he killed his brother, what he did to Cain immediately was he marked Cain. Because Cain said, now that you have cursed me, they will all come for me. Everyone will see me and will know that I have wronged the creator and they're just going to kill me. So basically it was like he was, he was, he was worried. He was upset. He was someone who had did something and truly didn't know what he did wrong. And, and God had it for him. And so God said, don't worry. I will lay my mark upon you. And this mark will allow you to exist for all time. And woe be unto he who lays a, lays a hand on your head. For I will inflict upon him the seven times seven torments of the eternal plague, damnation or whatever, turn you into a pillar of salt. Whatever it is, God's going to lay the pain on him. So that's the point. So you figured that's why Cain had his life extended was because God saw to it. Now, that's great and all, but as it goes on, you begin to realize that the mortals in and of themselves must have had a similar extension of life. I mean, they came from the Garden of Eden. Right. You know, they were all thrown out of it. So if they if these people started if they started making babies from Eden, or it was at least Adam and Eve who started having children mm-hmm. and Cain and Abel went and had kids and whatever and they went on, you have to imagine that there, there would have been something to it, except we know that Cain didn't get to make kids. Right. And we know Abel had a short life. So, <laughs> right, right. So what it is is Adam and Eve went to the tents after they were thrown out of Eden, and God said, be like fruit flies and multiply. Right. And so that's what happened. But while that was going on, you were mentioning Cain encounters Lilith, or maybe it's better to be said, Lilith finds Cain in the land of Nod, because the punishment that Cain had from God mm-hmm. and all that God punished him with was that he would wander the land of Nod, meaning he would never be in God's light. Right, right. That's that, the darkness they threw him in. Right, the, and and it's been speculated that that means actual darkness, and, and it's been speculated that it just means darkness, as in outside of the grace of God, right? The absence of God's presence. Um, because at this point, he hasn't been cursed. 
He's been banished. So he's been punished, but he hasn't been cursed. So anyways, he encounters- He's been marked. He's, right. He's been marked. He's, he's had that mark that says, um, you know, you can- no, nobody can hurt you. Essentially, no, no man may may harm you, and if they do, bad stuff will happen to them. For me, you know, you can't be killed. So it's kind of like you get to walk for all time outside of my grace without ever having the luxury of being killed, so that you may one day come back into my grace. To me, that's how I interpreted that mark. That mark, in my opinion, solely based on what I've read, means that it's it's cool. You get to live forever, but. You don't get to die because when you die, your soul will come to heaven. Your soul will be back in my graces. No, you don't get that. That that's your punishment. So that's yep. like I said, that's my opinion. Maybe that's maybe that's accurate. I mean, maybe that's accurate. We call it accurate because that's <laughs> yeah. what an opinion means. You're accurate unto yourself, right, so it's right, all good. Right. So so baby girl Lilith come walking up, mm-hmm. and I like it because Lilith is badass, right? Yeah, I don't and think she, she'd like you calling her that, but that's fair. So, but, but Lilith cannot like it because she's the original <laughs> rebel and she would understand her own, right? And that's how it is. She comes walking up to Kane and she's wearing this fly cloak of night, right? right? Her lips are so pale and frigid that they're white against the cl- her own cloak and in the darkness they shine. Her eyes are beautiful and she's there and she's like, Kane, what's wrong? <laughs> what, what are you doing here? And K- oh, no, wait a minute. She didn't even say anything. Kane's just sitting there and he's like, baby girl. It brings you around these parts. This be the land of Nod, and I thought only I was here because I suck. Right. And, and, and she's like, what? You think you the first? Right. I'm the original rebel. I was I was Adam's first wife. I'm the one who told him where to go. That isn't, nah. That, mm-mm. God got pissed and threw me out, too. This ain't new. Yeah, fair you enough. You see what I do? I control night and extends her fingers into the shadows and warps reality. She's like, I'm the shit. You're just like this guy. With, like, some weird mark on your forehead. And Kate's like, uh, I guess I am. <laughs> I guess you're right. And then she's like, all right, I'll, I'll take pity on you. Let's, uh, let's, talk, let's talk for a minute. Right. Why don't you tell me where you're from? And that's, comics aside, that's, I'm avoiding a whole lot of religious trapping there just to break up the monotony. But I mean, what's your, I mean, your, my take on Lilith, she's majestic. She's rebellious. She's the first wife. She tells her story with with acute confidence, right? Mm-hmm. I a lot of I will not, right? right. It's by my will alone. <clears throat> Very much uh, just strength that well, comes walking up to him. You know, it, the thing about it is, is that every time I read about Lilith, I'm like, Lilith is fucking awesome, right? Yeah. Here, here is a, here's an individual who truly got the raw end of the deal, and has sort of made her existence on her own. And here's Kane, even by his own testament, he's like, oh, she taught me a bunch of stuff. Cool. I'm out. Peace. Like he doesn't, he doesn't even do a good job of painting himself in a good light. And he doesn't. Cause he admits here in his writing, he stole from her. Right. Right. That's what he did. She didn't show him shit. He took it. Right. He's, she sat there and said, here's why I'm a badass." And serpents are cool, and I like you know. He attempted by a serpent. Serpent promised promised freedom, right? Is what it did, and Eve Eve recognized it, which is why she did it. But God gonna turn around and get mad at us. You know, it's you a made- story. It, it makes sense to me why at the end of time there's gonna be a big big fight <laughs> between Lilith and Cain. Well, I'm gonna tell you why Lilith, you don't ever steal from, and it, it's because she wasn't stole from. Right. Right. When you read this, I read it, and I read it, and I read mm-hmm. it. It goes through and talks about how she has this power, but she tells him blood is blood is life. Right. 
that there's the power therein is what the creator gave unto you. That's what made the mud come to life, you know, and that's, and that's what it is. And you got to recognize that. And through it, you could find such things. And to prove it, she more or less made her blood available. Right. In no way could Cain rise up and take from her. That's the thing I want to highlight. A lot of people think, well, Lilith was a woman. Cain jumped up and took, took it, took her, stole it, whatever. And Nah, Jack. At this point, all Cain had was a freakish mark. God said, don't kill him. And Lilith's the first rebel. <laughs> right, right. But she damn well knew the line. Right. Right? That, okay, if I kill him, definitely going to get my ass got. However, I may learn him something, and even better, I'm just going to give Jackass a little bit of my power. Right. That's it. Hey, Cain, why don't you take a taste? Or maybe she cut her hand in demonstration, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Cain, as he writes it, was like, he, it's like he jumped forward, licked it, and ran. <laughs> but she didn't grab him she right, didn't stop right. him she didn't take it back she didn't deny him she didn't do anything that anyone would do that didn't want him to do it right you know and when he runs about what's he do he he does a bunch of fuckery you know like you do um because you know that's that's the other thing you kind of learn in this as well is i i think in the book of nod that kind of paint Cain is this like wizened all-knowing father who's just like I'm going to come down on you if you fuck up. And in here, he's kind of like, I got, I got lonely and bored and I saw some people and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to rule these people. And then there were some we, servants that I liked and you know, but that's, we're jumping ahead a little bit because he ain't yeah, even there yeah. yet. He ain't even there yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead. So with, with Lilith here, what we're talking about is a, is a neonate, we're, because we're not even a full vampire yet. That's no, what we're going right. to understand. And not even a half partial. It's whatever it is in Lilith's blood gave Cain a different power, the ability to see, know, and to manipulate darkness. Right. Right? All then in shadows. But again, this is up to interpretation. He's in the land of not a land of eternal shadow. He's able to manipulate it. Was it the land, the trees, the air that was in darkness, the darkness itself? What does it mean? We don't know. Right? We just know he had the power like Lilith did. Right. At that point forward. So what is it? Um, this is where the biggest mistake is made in all of World of Darkness with all the fans. I'm going to state this. this. This is the most miscontrived thing I've ever heard whenever people debate hotly about mages and vampires. Mm-hmm. Lilith was a mage and she awakened Cain. I've heard that. And I could see easily where that mis- misinterpretation could happen here. Where you can get that wrong. You take that hard left and you were supposed to go right at Albuquerque, right? And why? It's a vampire book. Right. First and foremost, Mage Mage didn't mention in here, right? There's, there's no indication that she's anything but what it said, right? A being, <laughs> a being Godhead created. She's a Lilith. <laughs> right? Lilith is Lilith. You can't dumb her down to. She's right. just awakened. It doesn't work that way. She's just a second gen. Nope, we're not there yet. Yeah. You know, we're just it. She is no, what she is. I mean, she she is what Adam is essentially. She right. is a, she is a thing unto herself. Uh, you know, Adam and Lilith were created of the same stuff. And, they are equal. Right. And Adam and Eve were created of, Eve was created of Adam. So everything that came after Adam and Eve is different than Lilith. That's, Which, that's, that's you, just, you, that's just the way it is. The, the, like okay. those are humans, right? Things now, that came from Lilith. Right. Exactly. And, and there's a lot that says that Lilith is mother of monsters. Right, that Lilith, uh, she begets chaos. She's the ender of things. She she tears things down. She seeks death, and that's what she's about. I want to ask you a question, right? Everyone listening, right here, just think about it. Someone comes into your life is powerful enough to tell you, "I'm going to make it to where you are not liked by everyone." 
on the planet. But you're not going to die. Because mm-hmm. it, it can't just kill you. For whatever reason, I can't just kill you. Whether it's emotional attachment or what have you, I, I have given you a power, but I don't want you to use it. I want you to be separate from everything I make. Damned you are to walk eternal. Animals are your friends, but they're the only ones you'll have. You would undoubtedly and quickly ingest that hate, learn to live, and would find a million and one ways to fuck up who's left here. Yeah. Left and right. You have no choice. That is the path that, because they literally made you enemies. You will never be like them. I mean, it, it forces you to have this dislike and to seek companionship, right? You were built to be human. It states that. It states Adam and Eve are human. Therefore, Cain is human. But are they? Right? Because they're the first. It's whatever first perfection that God threw down there. And perfection for man in the Garden of Eden, we often assume that we were mindless animals walking around until the apple was ate. That said, so this metaphor, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, it's hyperbole, really. It's we're not certain what, what we were like. Could have been super beings capable of doing whatever we needed with the land. We certainly didn't need clothes. We certainly weren't bothered by the environment. Was it an eternal land of whatever? Was it cyclical? Who knows? But the point is, they hint that these people were above, they're, they're cut from what right. we are today. Right. Now, understanding that, Adam and Lilith, whew, that's powerful shit. Right? Who knows what that was like when those two were together and it was around? It must have been great. Even Lilith talks about it. For a time, her and Adam were fantastic. Things were things were fine. They were as they were meant to be until she started realizing some shit. You know, and one one of the things was Adam thought he was better. How could he have that? Where did that come from? Right. Where did that come from? Where'd that difference make it to where Lilith decided, you know, I'm not happy with this guy? You know? And there's a joke where she wanted to be on top, wink, wink, one nudge, nudge, whatever. What it was, she wouldn't obey obedience right because that's what the that's what human beings were were made to do they were they were made to obey to worship god right and that's again we're back to that whole greek mythology Mm -hmm. similarity right uh this is the thing that bothers me about christianity 100 percent, is that we're we're made to obey to obey a god that if we pray to you know all, all good works blah 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 good people blah 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 pray in law okay well, then why does sin exist? Why does war exist? Why do all these things exist if all these good people are being good? And inherently, it's because people are neither good nor evil. They're just people. And they need you to, in order to control you, they need you to understand a certain element. And what I mean by control, moral control. I don't mean that people like the Catholic Church wants you to eat cheese twice on Wednesday. I mean, <laughs> they want you to be in a semblance where you're not wanting to kill each other. Right? right. So, so community, love, morality, they try to instill these things that help us survive. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a system that is led through books, through parables. And that's what it is. This is a vampire parable. Right. Right. Except this is allegedly written by Cain. Yeah. When, when, when Cain tells you that Adam and Eve, or excuse me, Adam and Lilith were made to obey and to worship, just like Nate said, the thought that kicks in my head is that God's a pimp. Bob, what? You were just saying this is a... Nah, you gotta understand. This goes deep. How does one introduce balance into a world of eternal good? How would you know good was good and bad was bad if everything is perfect? Right. You wouldn't. That's the gaff. And and that's the the truth of the story. And I think what you're trying to get to is if if God is an all-knowing creature, then... What is number one? What is the point of just having two creatures that sit and worship you, right? And God, being all knowing, must have known that 
like what is the point of this it's just it is just stasis it's static so yeah he introduced elements into the world <laughs> some would say which is well, i think you were going with it what i'm what i was going with is that uh the sense of evil mm-hmm. rebellion all evil is is you not getting your way so you call it evil it's a perception right that's what it truly it's what it is and because of that lilith um disobeyed and wasn't getting along or whatever. And God was like, all right, Lilith, you're over here now. But that was intentional. He didn't throw her over here in the land of darkness because he wanted something, blah, blah, blah. She was meant to be over there to turn it into something. There were things that exist in that darkness that needed a ruler, needed something to nurture them, to help them grow, to facilitate, to, to aerate the soil as it will. So as it were, so the seeds laying there can grow. That is what Lilith is. And all that is woman, life, strength, growth, um, encouragement, nourishment, that, that's what Lilith represents. And so that, that's where she went. However, takes a rib from Adam to make Eve, right? And it's done, and, and Eve's obedient, except even that's not true, right? What it is, is that she's a tool. Right. As they point out, I don't mean a tool as in all women are tools. I mean that Eve was made... To be a what? What's that term? A weird term she used. The author using here. It was like it was like help meet or something like that. It's M E E T, by the way. Um, I don't know. I, for, I forget. I forget that she used a specific term uh, as the authors were commenting on it. That's really struck home with me. And I can't remember it now. Uh, but basically, it implies that when Adam goes on to do what he does, and the serpent talks to her, and you know she eats of the apple and whatever, and that's and that's what it came about. Um, she wasn't at fault. She was not at fault at all. Who right. was at fault was God and Adam. And they point that out real quick. How did you put something in the garden you knew was going to do that to her? And how did you create something and told it to obey? You told her to obey. That's what she was made for. She said, okay, I can get along to do that. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I guess I'm supposed to do that. And she's running around. Adam's showing her all this cool shit. And everything's great. And Adam goes, don't eat the tree, that fruit. Leave alone. God will get pissed. Trust me. You don't want that. And walks away. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. But along comes this talking serpent. Nothing else talked to her. So anything that talks must be special right. and must be wise. And the serpent is. And it comes up and it's like, look, you can know what I know. Just eat this apple. It's good for you. Really? Yeah. Tastes good too. And she's like, well, all right. Well, and she eats it and she learns this stuff and she goes to Adam. You have to eat this too. Why? Well, you'll know when you do. But when you do, that's when everything becomes clear. And so Adam eats it and he's like, oh, shit, this came from the tree, didn't it? <laughs> right? But even he wasn't pissed at her. Right Now, why is that? Because he knew what the statement was. Eve was serving a function, and that was to assist, to be there. And even he went, I'm no different than her. Obedience is the key. She's obeying. I'm obeying. We're obeying. And then God goes, get the fuck out. Right? Now, why was that? Because you cannot sit in a land of perfection for all time and expect growth. If you're already where we're striving to be, then what was the point of all of creation? Right. And and also, you know, why create a thing that simply just prays for you, like just kneels down and, and begs, you know, whatever. Uh anyways, that's all that's all deeply religious stuff, which this book, you know, is, let's be fair. Uh but moving on to the next chapter, we talk about temptations. That's chapter 3. And this is a chapter about the angels that come and they basically give Cain, the option to repent, apologize, you know, make amends for what he's done. 
And um, we, we already know this story, although this one is a, it's a little bit different. Um, the angels that are mentioned in here are different than the angels mentioned in the Book of Nod, um, right. which I, I think is a cool little um, – like, obviously, it was done intentional. Like, one thing that I can say, having read this, the author, I don't believe she's contributed to any of the other uh, White Wolf material, but clearly she read – some stuff because this is written from a perspective of someone I never got the impression that like oh this person doesn't know what they're talking about you know it seems really expertly written in that regard it's the voice of sort of the the book of nod is there um but yeah it's it's it is a little bit different I hope the voice of the book of nod is here because this is supposed to be in it as an expert <laughs> right right right, right. <laughs> so, well that's what I'm saying yeah, in yeah. that in that regard it's it's done well it doesn't seem like someone who isn't familiar with the book of nod wrote it right and that's and here's the thing though that I I like about the subtle differences here there it angels are annoying <laughs> kind of they're dicks. annoying and it's, it's it's not even dicks it's like what the fuck are you here for right right you're Kane and you went through all this already. You know you did bad. And he even admits he realizes that. But but it's the point that he can't give up. Nobody can argue with him feeling like he got screwed. Right? You can't. God, God led you to a certain belief in a certain way. In a certain, well, he didn't even lead you. He left to your interpretation. Right. And when you, you're left to your interpretation, you don't clarify. You've literally set someone up for failure instead of success. Right? If I need you to do something, Nate, I don't imply I tell you what I need you to do, right? That's 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 because that's what I asked you for. That's what I need. I do find why. I do find that the uh, the best way to get someone to accomplish tasks you set them upon is to give them clear instructions. Clear, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's my point. And so that's Kane's point. Now, Bob, can you can I understand the rebellious nature of it? Why doesn't he just forgive himself? Because here now we have an older Kane. Who's been through, like, he took from Lilith and he realizes a whole bunch of stuff in her veins must have been something of Eden and the truth and her rebelliousness. But mm-hmm. Cain himself is a rebel. And when he gets he gets to a point, it's just, ah, maybe, maybe something here. But they don't give him time to have that self-reflection, right? It's like these angels went, bro, fucking, fuck, God came through the gate. He was pissed. <laughs> and Michael goes, what? What happened to God, bro? God, bro. 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 And God didn't say anything. And Michael was like, bro. Alright, cool. Um, I'm just gonna go ask at the gate. Um, did you guys happen to know where God came from? Oh, the Garden of Eden, bro. Eden? Really, bro? I thought that was cool. Nah, bro. It's not cool. <laughs> bro. And then and then Michael goes down there, he's like, bro, what happened? And he figures it out and he finds Rekanus because he's an archangel. He's like, bro, like, bro, you did some shit. You know, like, uh, God's cool. You know, God's real cool. And he's like, gonna forgive you. So stop <laughs> fucking around, bro. Take my hand and let's go back. Stop it's, ruining it, man. Yeah. Come back. Let's go back. And Kane's like, nah, I'm not going back because you're weird. Nah, bro, I'm totally cool. I'm from, like, the coast. I'm teasing. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? Like, where, where is Bob going? But the point is, <laughs> the, that's what it's the like. surfer angels. It's like, they are, dude. They're like these redeeming surfer angels. And we're here and we're mad because you're not surfing anymore. I mean, you know? they do have some delightfully 
shiny hair. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm the Archangel Michael dude. Sun-drenched locks. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> basically the story is the same, but it's slightly, it's slightly different. Um, basically, you know, uh, the angels come down and they say, hey, fucking dude, come back, right? And Cain's like, nah, fuck off. And so you know, one by one, the angels, uh, albeit slightly different angels than the Book of Nod, are like, you know what, dude? Fire. That's my thing. And uh, <laughs> now it's going to fucking hurt you. Yeah. How do you like that? It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt all your children all the way down the road. Um, Hey, Nate, after this, you want to get some Dunkin'? Like maybe an iced coffee? Oh, I'd love to get an iced coffee. Okay. But but what what if we uh, get some Cold Stone afterward? It seems Let's get like a big a, fat Sunday. It seems like a lot, but I mean, you know, it's it's sure I could probably fit it into my diet. That, that, that'd All be right. interesting. All right, it doesn't work then. It doesn't work. You're supposed to say no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because I was let's, highlighting. Let's, let's try, try that again. Let's try that again. Let's Nate, let's, let's, you, let's pretend like, like we're podcasters. But I like. Would you, would you like? To- well, Bob, I can't eat Cold Stone because you know I'm I'm lactose intolerant. Too much fat. You know, I can't have dairy. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, screw you. For the rest of the day, wherever you go, your end of your days, your coffee will always taste bitter and useless. It'll always be cold, and and like Rachel's gonna trip and fall every day and hurt her hip, and you're just gonna have to go and figure that out. And that's on you. Just terrible things are gonna happen from here on out. Damn you, Angel! Right, because I didn't want a Sunday. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> that's how I feel. This was right. Like you're. Cur- Wait a minute. You're. You're. God already cursed me. Like I got the mark. Is this not Nod? Mm-hmm. There is no sun other than what you brought here in your fiery sword, Michael. What gives? You know, there was none of that. He was just like, you, you don't take forgiveness? Yeah, then guess what? Fire is going to fuck you up. Kane, I guess it is. You are an angel. <laughs> what well, was he supposed to say? Well, I, I think uh, uh, nothing, really. He was just, you know, and <laughs> I, I think that, that that's the interesting part, too. Like, the angels are the ones, really, that curse him. But uh, one of the, the interpretations of the curse is different here. And um, one of those curses is separation from humanity. You, can't, you you don't get to indulge in the things that make humans human. So, you know, you, you, you don't get to eat. You don't get to drink. You are forever separate from human beings. Um, and I thought that that was a, an interesting alternative perspective on the, the curses. It is. Because right when you get Raphael coming up and being juxtaposed all that. Mm-hmm. That really irritated me. Like, they had Raphael come down as the Angel of Healing, which some of you are like, what? I did the same thing. Angel of Healing. Don't they all kind of are vested in healing? <laughs> yeah, well, ignore that. He's right. the Angel of Healing, right? So, you know, when people need to heal, they don't uh, they don't pray to anyone specific. You know, no snake guy, no no philosopher of medicine. They, they pray to this dude. Uh, the Angel Raphael heals everybody. And Raphael came over and said, hey, man, don't fret. You know, whenever you decide to come around to it, um, you just be about it and uh, be cool to everybody, hug everyone, and uh, help out with all your cool-ass power, and we'll just make you cool and complacent with it. You'll become one with the with the Force, and you'll just chill out. And what's cool about that is that you're still immortal on the planet, but whatever kills you, that can't kill you because you got the mark of God. One day, maybe God will turn around and go, oh, look, he's good now, and he forgives himself and his brother, and it'll turn you into ash, and you'll be in heaven. <laughs> Bye. Right. 
Uh, so anyways, uh, the next chapter, moving along, we get to Enoch. That's the name of the chapter. And this chapter talks about Cain embracing the second generation and how um, basically that second generation, some of the names we know, some of the names probably aren't quite as familiar, and they rule over humanity. Uh, and for a time, things are good. Well, the important thing here, right? One of the things we can't miss on mm -hmm. is there's a lot of people who ask, what was it like back in the day? Mm -hmm. How do you run a game back in these times? A couple things to note, right? One, it's all assumed they were the same. Right. Right? Even Steven generation. There was no gap of gen. Yeah. So that's one. Right. Two, you got to remember, Kane here is in the beginning of his power. Freshly cursed. I shouldn't say freshly cursed. Freshly as far as the time jumps back here are. Right. He's looking at, with such disdain, he watched uh, the descendants of, of Adam and Eve. Right? And it, or Seth, I should say. Adam and Eve and then Seth. Right. And as he put it, he watched his kin fornicate with his kin to create these people. He already devalued the descendants of Seth. Right. On seeing them, right? And so you had no one else. Okay. Right? He didn't have the vaguest conception about what procreation is. Remember, Cain's a virgin. He's the immortal, <laughs> right, he's the right. immortal incel. Okay, that's right. what it is. And because of that, um, he's just he's just hating on everybody, right? I can't, and that's, I can't believe you fucking went there. Hell yeah, dude. It's like, like know what you are. That's what it is. And that's that's what he did. He Kinda looked over right, and, though. right, he is. And he, and he looked over and he saw this, like they're all having sex, having fun, producing kids. That's gross. Right. He was like, Why nah. would you do that? Ugh. Nasty. But he's right. But he's lonely. <laughs> right. He doesn't know where this loneliness comes from. He always right. had a bro. He always has mom and dad. They're not haven't been there forever. And he's learned all this wicked shit and all this bad stuff heaped on and all this cool shit he could do. And he does to me the most disturbing part of this book. How is it that all that happens and you see finally what God had wanted out of Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, and here comes Enesh, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's Enesh is he's pious, he's great, he's virtuous, he has all the attributes. He's even to Cain, he's humbled to see something like this. But quickly, being humbled is turned with his pride to to covetedness. Right? Can't even right. say it right. Um, he's jealous. He's jealous of what he sees. What what does he do? I can bake some a cake, dude. Bake some. Right? <laughs> <laughs> bakes them the worst cake ever because how, how it works is these people around Enes are like, Hey, Enes, you're ruler. And he's like, I'm not worthy. Right. Like, nah, nah, Enes, man, please. You worthy. It says you worthy. You worthy. That, nah, that's mm -mm. that dang how this works. Look, Enes, it's you or it's nobody. And he is like, all right, I'm going to go out in the forest. I'm going to work on my label. I'm going to build my record. If my record is bumping, God will give me a sign and a record deal. I'll come right. back and I'll rule y'all. However, if I go out there and it's all busted, um, I'm going to come back and name someone else to build records. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I ain't going to do that. Right. And so while he's out there, Cain goes, you want to make a record? <laughs> Your dad owes me a hot 300 and he ain't paid and I got fresh gators. You Dude, know what I mean? I, how did you turn Cain into Suge Knight? So <laughs> Because I'm jokes, I, it's just me, dude. It really grooves with like this revenge story. You can hood it up, right? right. And so Kane's out there and he sees Enesh and he walks up. He says, he brings all his power and Enesh is smitten with him, right? He right. can see he's awesome and majestic and he's all oh, power. And he's like, I am Kane and you're now mine. I control your mind, your body, and your soul. And here's what you're going to do. 
You're going to take me back. We're going to rule this shit right here. And that's what we're doing because I said so. What you think about that? Ain't got nothing to say? Well, do I have permission to talk? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's go. He had nothing to say, right? Completely owned and controlled him and made him right. like himself. Emptied all of it. was profound. Like, I'm literally not saying exactly what she says because I really enjoy how the author wrote that. Yeah. Right? Um, I would tell you a part, an idea, I'll paraphrase. Drains all that God had given him for the blood is the life. And, and he took it. He stole it, basically. And Cain right. took that power and then gave of, his, of himself and put that in there. And then watched him come around. Right. And then took away his piety and gave him pride instead. Like, basically, it was taking all this stuff that made him great and replaced him with himself. And then they both went back to rule that city. Right. And uh, it, there's kind of a, there's like a parable in here. And that parable is about embracing individuals that you love and how that's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this kind of goes to show. And so basically, Cain rules over the first city and... You know, he kind of spreads his seed far and wide, as you would when you're ancient and bored. And, you know, by this time, we don't understand the passage of time, but this is the garden to the first great city. And so that could be thousands of years, could be hundreds of years. We have no idea, but it's a long time. It's a time before time was a thing. And yeah. Cain's children, they spread far and wide and they rule over the children of Seth. They rule over humanity. And, uh, you know, eventually God's like, all right, that's it. We're done. I'm tired of this bullshit. And a great flood comes. Well, Cain, remember, Cain knew why. No, 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 absolutely. Cain knew why. That's why he left, right? That's something that we know. Cain watched this shit. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just knowing why. That profound nature was that he sat here and saw something I had never even thought of, which I, I love reading something when it surprises me like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's when Cain goes, you guys are, wait a minute, I came to you guys and you worshiped me like a god. I didn't correct you. Right. And thus kept my covenant with the Lord. I did not declare myself a god and force you to worship me as such. Right. You did it of your own free will without me saying anything. That's what you did. And so that's that's not on me. However... The descendants of, of Enoch, excuse me, as Cain renamed him um, when he embraced them, which was a tradition that fell out of order. Um, when he did that, Enoch basically had these children, and he, children had children, and that's just how right. it went. And they went off the rule just like Nate said. But I feel like i got to add that because God didn't come out of nowhere right. and just decide it's, it's over. And that's a very it's, interesting cue. That's like a very distinct point. Because the times when it rained blood... Right, and we asked about this. We said this in previous podcasts. Urshul, yeah, I don't even know if you realize that, bro. But uh, I sat here and said, "Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. If everyone's the same gen and they're out there partying, and it's world global, and we've spread that far and wide, dude, uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, the the cities of sin, anything like the it, that was a dream. By comparison, everybody had some some sin, some nakedness, some wickedness somewhere, right? And it didn't matter because your gods were many." And all over the place. And if your blood is like water unto them and they fed you willingly, that means they're somehow enhanced or ghouled or what have you. And think about it. They stopped talking to God. Right. All prayer went to these so-called gods that told them we are your gods. That's when God got mad and decided right. to turn on the <laughs> he water. He was like, no, we're, we're all set. We're, and, and also, you know, they make a very interesting distinction too that hadn't really occurred to me. Like, we, we talk about... I think in a lot of games, you, you go, oh, well, the children of Seth, right? A lot of, uh, like, 
philosophically minded vampires will refer to humans as the children of Seth. Well, they're not. They're the children of Noah. Because everybody but those of Noah's uh, ilk, uh, or that's probably not the right word, Noah's um, Noah's loins. Descendants. Right. Noah's descendants are the only ones that survived the flood. So humans aren't children of Seth. They're children of Noah. So it's just a, it's a cool little like, oh, that's. I, I didn't even. I didn't even take that. I mean, I read it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, under, I understand it once you said it. It's like, oh, yeah, I did. It's, right. it's a very good point. Right. It's a very good insight. And uh, why is it important? Because think of how distilled we are now. Mm-hmm. Right? If Adam and Eve beget Cain and Abel, and they were something cool, extended lives and awesome, and maybe that's why there's a distinction in the Bible of age and whatnot, then you have the children of Seth. And those those people came out kicking rocks, but look how decadent and crazy they got. Right. Then they're all washed away, and you get just the the people who are left right which is no one whatnot now here's the deal and the distinction people are going to say it bob nate they're still descendants of seth because noah was of seth so were the people there so they just they just lived on they were spared however that's if you want to say just genetically right 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 right. we're not talking genetically we're talking spiritually it's a fresh start right The, the, the the flood is meant to be a a sort of a a cleansing an absolute restart a reboot if you will, Earth version 2.0. If you ever wondered why you were baptized and various religions and Catholicism, excuse me, um, you're washed your sins away. That water is removed upon you. It is symbolic of what happened to the earth, right? To wash your sins away. It's exactly what God did here. He I had washed, never heard that. That's interesting. He washed it all sin again. It's an incident I had today. Um, so you're welcome. That's new for everybody. <laughs> you, you were baptized so. today? No, I wasn't baptized. <laughs> I was not baptized today. I want to make that clear. So I was like, wait, wait, you had an incident today. <laughs> can we no. can we pause for a moment? Insight. No, that's a that's <laughs> someone come to your house and fill up the bathtub. They did, and they said, "Hey, you missed the flood." <laughs> I see you. I was like, "What are you talking about? Get him!" And they dunked me and held me in, and I uh, I just Those, drank enough did water. They, did they take? I'm just drank enough water not to get drowned. <laughs> The hell? Well, you're like the vampires in that regard too, because uh, Cain was like, yeah, you know, the, he he says water washed him away, and it was good. Right, water it, water it, cleanses. I, I read this passage, and in the end, there was only water. My foolish children knew hunger and loneliness and fear, and it was good. So vampires didn't die because it's water, right? It's not sunlight. It's not fire. It's not the loneliness. It's water. So. The waters recede, and the next chapter we get is not written from Cain's perspective. It's written no. from what a, what seems to be one of Cain's descendants, an antediluvian or something of that nature. But it does describe what it was like, right, being mm-hmm. in that flood. They had no land. They were right. just in the ocean, and these beings were existing in this ocean, swimming around, eating one another. Right. Right, they could only feed on each other. And if you can imagine a world where there were so many vampires that to wash them away, only the strongest made it to swim to the deep, deep down to avoid sunlight. And in that darkness, when hunger took them, they took it from each other. That is all they could feed on. There were no humans. Right. It was a hell of its own device. And the fact is, it indeed was a hell. God turned away from them. This was the punishment. It all got washed away. They're only living in memories where they were worshipped and all that jazz. And this is where I believe... You get Lasombra and his obsession with the darkness itself. Right. I think he enjoyed being down there in the ocean. 
he enjoyed hunting worthy prey to feed from, to indulge itself in. Now, why I mention that is because of the surviving strong, the, the, the 13 evils. Mm-hmm. Every, every vampire that lived through that flood and came out and started again are some bitches. Yeah. But beyond peer, they are just irreprehensible, including solid. Yeah, bastard. Right. They're just, they're just not good people. Well, and then the idea of 13 generations becomes a little iffy as well. Like the, oh, the, the yeah. waters become very muddy with, with these, these chapters, um, about how many, who second generation, third generation, these things seem less important at this point. And something they highlight in the book of Gehenna that they actually made in uh, in other, in other tales to even the BJD, we just finished reviewing that too has tons of stuff or it hints at, there was a lot more than that. It's just the 13 are the most bastard of them because they continued making, right? They started the cycle over again. God washed the entire world away and killed billions and or whatever it was. And you didn't learn your lesson. Well, and it also, it, it kind of makes it more apparent that things like the drowned legacies, things like the, um, the African legacies and, and, you know, all these other different, like very close to what we know, but different could have originated from other generations of vampires you know, the great flood may have, may have put vampires at every corner of the earth, right? Not just like right here, you know? So now, I, I think it does lend to that. Now, why do they do this cycle, right? And here's the insight in this book. And Cain answers this very question in his own words. I won't quote again, paraphrase this a couple chapters back, but he points out the fact that the reason why he originally knew he was cursed mm-hmm. had no reason had nothing to do with anything that he had to endure or what he now had to feed upon which was his own doing by the way uh-huh. um that, that was a power he did um it had everything to do with the fact that the loneliness of being a human right knowing mm-hmm. that he needed that social interaction he needed to be affirmed and and to see others and to struggle and have daily bullshit talk and high and buys and that's all removed from you the ability to help your neighbor just to help them you right. can't do that anymore. You you can't be helped by them. You can't be comforted. You can't comfort. It is just you, always you, and only you. And that was the cruelest thing and the real punishment God gave him because forever he has to deal with the fact that he looks and sees it, and that's anyone who bears his curse. Right. It's, it's no different. You don't belong anymore. Right. And that's what he was hammering home. Yeah. So uh, at the culmination of this, it tells a similar tale to one that we know about uh, the so-called third generation rising up against their sires and Cain levying those curses. And it, it, it makes very abundantly clear in this chapter what those curses are. Now, um, as, a, as an astute reader, it could be that this was written by an antediluvian who was there, or it could have been written after the fact by someone else attributing curses to where they eventually led. But either way, I don't think it, uh, I, I think it's written in such a way it leaves you to decide for yourself. And that's fantastic. Um, but it basically presents this idea that Bob had mentioned earlier. And I think I, I started to touch on that before this, there were no generations. There was just it, like they existed. You could embrace whoever you wanted, but everyone was sort of an equal power. Everyone, there was no distinct difference from one generation to the other and in cursing the third generation who rose up and and acted out against their sires came Cain who then levied that curse 
of every generation will be weaker and weaker, and the weaker will eventually rise up and destroy the more powerful. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fair enough. I mean, that, that's that's basically how it's presented here in this chapter. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's great. It's a different perspective. Here, here's the thing. When it's, mm-hmm. when it's a curse of generations, I do enjoy that. I want to make that clear. I enjoy that because that's how I always thought this game should have ran. Where we don't, I don't, and I'm not saying you should have the power of first gen or whatever and endless blood and whatever it might be. I'm saying that people worry and over focus on generation and right. blood storage. And I think, I think their V5 points that out, right. right? It shows that there needed to be a change in that system, that mindset. But it gives you new, new perspective to know that why you're generational is because it's a curse levied upon you by the first. Right. Right. He had the power to do it. But it's also ironic. He cursed you just like the angels cursed him. And it's also ironic that Cain eventually starts coming around to on the side of God very quickly because he sees basically when you tell God, Hey man, you left me to infer. And so I killed my, killed my brother or whatever. I had to figure this out. I figured it out. Screw you for me. Not okay. And God's like, well, you need to see it for yourself. Then I can see you're that thick headed. You're very stubborn. Okay. So I'll let you do it, but I'm a being of omnipotence, <laughs> which means I'm not just going to show you. I'm going to learn you too. Uh, and I, however I, long it takes, no matter how long, you're going to watch your own children. Right. You're going to have your glory of the highest and down to your lowest, and then wisdom's going to bite you in the ass because wisdom's experience lived through, right? Yeah. No matter how strong you think you are, the weak will always come back to to overthrow you, which I think is is tied directly into sort of like the time of thin blood. It's like it's written in that time, and I think it was made directly to you know, show that, that prophecy. And that's a constant thread throughout the game, Vampire the Masquerade. Um, and that's no different today than it is, you know, in these early editions. Um, I think, I think a one, uh, really interesting thing about, uh, Kane's curses is that it specifically states Salubri was not cursed. Everyone was cursed except for Salubri because Salubri can do no wrong. And, uh, so it lends me to believe that, uh, Maybe uh, this this is another key element in that uh, age old jihad. What's the second part of it though? Because Salubri uh, sure as shit got cursed. Uh, yeah, hold on a second. Let me. No, let no, me you're, find you're the, correct. Let me find the you're passage. correct. You're correct. It says the first pass, that first half. Mm-hmm. I don't curse you because right. But what is pointed out by the guy writing it down? It says the second half. He continued, right? Cain continued talking and said, but if there was ever a time when you did this and you did that, you turned around to do this, people right. are going to hunt you and eat your soul. Right. Right, right. right. Yeah. Don't, and, don't be- you, can, you will always be found by your brothers when they need you or when they want to hunt you down and kill you. Right. And then the old men, what are <laughs> the old man puppets from the, from the Muppet show? Uh, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. The old Muppet yeah, that, guys. Yeah. That to me, or who, or who the guys who commentate in here, throughout here. Right. That's that's what it reminded me of, the vampiric equivalent. Because they do just that, right? Where they even snipes, right? Let all my children see what you are, that they may know when you walk among them. Oh, that's fucking uh, very interesting for some Tremere. Right, exactly. And Or the other guy. I mean, like he comments in there. He's like, <laughs> oh, everyone does because they got a third <laughs> eye. Oh, <laughs> right. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps the origin of the third eye, which makes the salubri so easy to identify. <laughs> Interesting how Cain here repeats the work of the angels who visit him. Is it not? Yeah. So yeah, Cain basically takes the place of them that cursed him 
and right. curses his children in in return. Um, yeah. So uh, after that, there are some commandments. I feel like you should read those um, as well as the prophecies. The prophecies are basically laid out as um, lines that tie the dark ages to the modern age. Right. So this book is meant to be a dark ages piece of material. And uh, there's some very obvious, uh, true, like actual prophecies in this because spoiler alert, Vampire the Masquerade was a thing. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, it seems like they're talking about the Camarilla in here. How did they come about that? Oh, well, because the Camarilla exists. Oh, it's weird. It seems like they're talking. It's almost like they knew the Sabbat was going to happen before it did. Yeah, it's because it is, and they did. So, yeah. Um, and then Proverbs, uh, a short list of Proverbs. It kind of relates to how the clans, um, you know, kind of roll out. Um, but again, these are all things for you to read and then um, wraps up with some final notes. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is that book. So all things considered, Bob, what's your opinion? It's a badass book. I, yeah. I, I never read it. So this is one of those books where it wasn't just uh, was it just owned to have. It was nice to get later on because it's yeah. more enjoyable. And yeah. uh, for me, it was. This is kind of one of those books because it was a Dark Ages book. It really like fell under my radar. And uh, I as well, I had not read it. Um, I ordered a print-on-demand copy of it for a couple of bucks. And um, I loved it. I, I actually, I have to make some admission. I like it better than the Book of Nod. I think it's a better read. I think it's more... Um, engaging and you know the the layout i think is all around better it's easier to read if you're reading a physical copy i just i i like it i like everything about it well we know it's the improvement it came after the book of not right <laughs> right, right so it's the edit i mean legitimately <laughs> yeah but i feel that also like any good work it you know stand on the shoulders of giants right it's it right. has to be an improvement because why would you get it and the the cool thing is that it dispels a lot of the bullshit myths i heard about it like yeah. the the main reason to read this book is because I had a flock of mage adherents who wanted me to read it. That's where it comes from, like vitriol about it, uh-huh. and uh, just talk like crazy things they were throwing my way about uh, a lot, you know, because it was live action and there's no rules for mages at the time, and everyone's working on their own thing, and so it was a lot of personal hubbub that went on. Even forums blew up about this stuff, and they heralded this as being like the stuff that you know that tells you all all the revelations. Like the only revelation in here. Is that there's some cool stuff that if you even if you read the book and not, especially if you read the book and not, you'll read this and you'll go, oh man, that's even more profound to get about. Because mm-hmm. here's the goal of this book and the book and not. This is what you should be discussing when you're sitting around talking to each other in character. Right. Right? Around the politics, this is a good topic to kind of throw around a bit. Make your elders feel elderly. Uh, the storytellers want to have a good passage to scare the shit of players to find. You Want someone to justify a different, unique concept, and you it, it start it sparks a passage for you. Give them book right. to read. You know right. that this book a thousand times is is I can't give enough praise to the author for it because it gave me back a little bit of that fire yeah. uh, that I had I had just for reading it. Yeah, I, I honestly I have to say um, for me um, playing a Sabat character in a modern day game, I was like, man, this would be really 
like a revelation to someone who was on the path of Cain and their perspective on on Cain and, and you know like to me this is a great book I I really I enjoyed I read this in like a day and a half um, so I read through it very very quickly because I was super engaged and I was super interested in. in you know, I hadn't read it. And, I, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, this is a Dark Ages book, which is why I really hadn't read it before and it kind of was under my radar. But this would work great in a modern context. And there's nothing in here that really, like the commentators, there's nothing about it that really dates them to a specific era, right? The no. conversations are just the conversations and they could work well in a in an ancient context or in a modern context. And, you know, I was like, man, I am glad I got this book. And this is a book I'm going to read over and over again. This is going to fall into regular rotation. So I can't now, praise it enough. Now, for fun, if you also happen, happen to own the Chronicles of the Black Labyrinth mm -hmm. and get to the patches about the Black Monk, there are certain relations yeah. that you can tie to Nicola Giovanni to the Black Monk being one and the same. Especially based on what goes through from here. And who knows? I don't know. Right. I'm just we saying, don't, draw that's your the thing. We don't know what happened to him because the person, uh, the, the individual that he serves gets a note. And that note basically is like, yeah, we, we came in. There was a pile of ashes. Sorry. So we don't know. We don't know what happened to, to good old monk here. So definitely look for ties elsewhere. So, yeah, cool. Well, I, I, I say it's a must-have. Get the book, definitely. All right. So moving right along, we are looking at uh, next week. Our next review, I believe, is Labellus Sanguinis 3. Sweet. I believe it's Gangrel and whatnot, yeah? Uh, Wolves at the Door are Asimites, Gangrel, and followers of Set. So... Yeah, come back next week for Labella Sanguinis 3, Wolves at the Door. Cool. Till next time, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we love you. Good night. Air Gias. Air Gias. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate